Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. This is Chris Solomon speaking. It is 11.36 p.m. here in Chaska, Minnesota. Um, my brain's pretty much mush at this point, but we're doing an emergency podcast. Grabbed a couple beers from the bar downstairs, four people in person, Kyle Porter's hotel room, Kyle Porter from CBS, Brendan Porter from SB Nation, and Brendan, Kevin... Brendan Porter, my brother. Brendan Porter. <laughs> I told you my brain is mush. Brendan Porath from SB Nation and Kevin Van Volkenberg from ESPN the Magazine. Kevin, let's start with you. What is your most memorable moment or mem- your biggest memory from the 2016 Ryder Cup? It's going to have to be Patrick Reed. Everything that we have joked about for the last year about Patrick Reed, turning him into a caricature, making him basically like bigger than life figure, it it all came true. <laughs> the most ridiculous Patrick Reed fantasy that you could write for the Ryder Cup freaking came true this week. <laughs> How surreal is that? That, I will, that didn't involve a bald eagle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if you if there a picture came out tonight of Patrick Reed just sitting and having like a diet coke with a bald eagle sitting on his shoulder, <laughs> would that at all surprise you? That'd be like the sixth least surprising thing we saw for the whole week. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a guy who who rolled who watched Rory scream in his face after the Rory had just made his third straight birdie. And then rolled in one on top of him and just stared down Rory, did the Dikembe, and then fist bumped him as they walked through the tunnel to the next hole. We could do a whole podcast of just our favorite, like our top 10 Patrick Reed moments for the week. From the eighth hole. (laughs) From the eighth hole. I mean, everything about Patrick was, was amazing this week. He just, he's made for this event. It makes you, like, you know, I don't think Patrick Reed and I would agree on anything, like, politically. <laughs> I don't think Patrick Reed has, would ever, like, have read a book that I would have also have read. We would probably not have a lot in common to talk about if we took a drive somewhere or if we accidentally sat next to each other on an airplane. But I love watching that dude play golf. He makes me feel alive. Uh, and in, I'll, in addition to that eighth hole, I'll always remember him going for the green and two on Saturday and, and Jordan screaming, Come on, Patrick! <laughs> as the ball was in the air. Like, not even waiting until it had basically reached its apex, as they both said. Just a surreal moment. Just such a fun event. Uh, it, it lived up to every one of my hopes and expectations. Porath, your first one inside the ropes. What's What sticks out the most for you? Uh, I think it has to be just Rory, the opposite of Reed. I know he didn't win today, but... Uh, I'm a bit of a Roy Homer, kind of always have been. You're a good company, right? Uh, <laughs> As a huge smile comes over Porter's face. <laughs> Take it easy on the Rory. On the Rory corner. Here. I kind of, kind of loved him, you know, around 2013 and 2014. Just took it to a whole new level, and we've never kind of come back from that. Um, I think just seeing him up close and personal, and this just this environment where it's so adversarial, and he was the away team. And the way he embraced being a villain, and at every turn, every putt, like no moment, he would not take, you know, he would not miss the opportunity to kind of give it back to the crowd, give it to his opponent. 
uh, I think, you know, just starting from that bow on the afternoon session on Friday, the double bow and the scream, fucking come on! <laughs> you know, like that just sent it to the stratosphere for the, for the whole weekend, right? I, I just, I don't think that he's, I still don't think he's the villain. Like, it's not like an NFL game where, you know, um, you're, you're playing your rival and the, their best player, you, you like sports hate that player. I don't feel like the American crowd hated Rory at all. I, I really don't. I feel like they were egging him on. And, but and I went out in the practice round. The only thing noteworthy I saw at all in the practice rounds was just how many American fans were yelling for Rory in a supportive way, getting his attention. Rory, Rory! Just like cheers for Rory the whole time. And it was American fans that were doing that. And even when they're egging him on with the, the you know, the, the, the quote-unquote abuse, I felt like it was in like a, um, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, like a Reggie Miller almost kind of way. And it, it, that's what made it so entertaining to me was that he, uh, that, 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 I don't think anyone's like, American fans are walking away from this like, I don't, I dislike Roy yeah. McElroy now. Totally. No, I, I, think, I think there are. Really? Yeah. Really? It's yeah. funny, you know, it's, it's a weird window though, because we see some of it on Twitter where it's like the, the, that stands out to us, like the assholes who are like, you know, he's a dick, whatever, screw Rory, blah, blah, blah. And like, there's so many people who like think it's amazing, like that feel like us, like this is just the best sports it gets. Like exactly, yeah. like Reggie Miller giving the choke sign. Like, Nick fans would, like, tell you Reggie Miller's most fun opponent we ever played against. Like, yeah, he's stuck a dagger in our heart. I think most American fans are probably that way. But. Yeah, most, but I, I think it I think it sort of highlights uh, maybe maybe part of the reason that people don't like Rory just simply because he's not American. Like, sure. Like, like why Americans don't like him. And, and I feel like if you, if you didn't like him because he's not American, this week made you hate him. Yeah. And if you didn't care, and if you already liked him, this week made you love him. So I, I feel like it sent people, and, and I agree, I think it's a, it's a minority, but I think it sent people in different directions. I want to know, where did this come from? Like, this, we've never seen this from him. Did you see before. what he said about the, the Poulter thing? No. He, he said afterwards, he said, I knew we didn't have Poulter this week, and I was trying to be in Poulter. Wow. I was I trying, I was trying to... Never go full Poulter. <laughs> <laughs> never. He said, and then he said... Hopefully Poulter will be back in Paris <laughs> in 2018. I, mean, I think he was super self-aware about the whole thing the whole time. Like, I think he knew yeah. he was kind of playing a role as a... I don't know that... Not to say he wasn't being genuine, but I think he kind of was self-aware that he was going over the top and it was very purposeful, whereas Patrick Reed kind of may not have that self-awareness and that's just who he is. <laughs> and... Uh, Maybe, you know, he hasn't won four majors or been number one in the world like Rory and, you know, probably thinks he has. <laughs> yeah. There's just so so few weeks out of the year that really make Rory tick or really make Rory move. And even the majors don't seem to... I mean, I know the Ryder Cup is a completely different event from an emotional perspective, but the majors don't seem to pique his interest as much as this week did. I mean, it, it looked like he just cared at a level I've never seen him care at. I mean... At a major, I've never seen him that I can think of like just give you like a full "come on" yell of any kind. And the putt he made to win the Tour Championship, the yell he gave looked exactly like a Ryder Cup yell, and like it looked like a statement, like "I'm coming for you this week." He did bring it. Uh, he ra- he just ran out of steam at the end of it. I think he emotionally had spent spent. I think like fifty percent of emotional energy was spent on the eighth green alone. <laughs> Here's the good way to tell about, like, the self-awareness thing, character versus, like, Reed. It's like, 
when when people were asking Rory about that after the 18 did you run out of steam he was like oh yeah I, I definitely did and, so, <laughs> and then people asked Patrick Reed the same thing in the press conference he's like what are you talking about I didn't run out of steam I didn't run out of gas well, 18 more I just made a couple pars like I don't it's, it's like, like I think we just started playing normal golf <laughs> that's, birdie birdie eagle birdie that's why we love Rory is because Rory is like really self aware Like I think he's one of the most self aware athletes that they're like on the earth to be honest like at that level certainly who can sort of step outside himself and be like, oh, yeah, like, I was doing that for fun. I mean, I, I, my, one of my favorite things this week was that a quote that, you know, was we all sort of kind of retweeted, passed around, but when he got asked kind of that leading question, that sort of a thing that I think annoys me when some sports writers do, where it's like, aren't you afraid that you might have, you know fired up the home crowd or that you'll fire up was the that Americans a Scottish reporter <laughs> no oh, this was a straight oh this is an American and he's like no no worries at all like I I, I I just bowed and said that you know enjoy the show and we move on and it was like it was such a like drop it in your face kind of move like and we move on like but alright what would Gary Player think about Murray McElroy's antics this week Bert, before you, before you do the Gary Player, I'd like to point out that Rory, who you could at one point, so a crowd, a fan yelled at him, like he hit, he yanked one left, and a fan yelled, "Lay off the roids, roids, Rory!" And he made like a gesture towards his body, like like what, like you think this this is a body of somebody on steroids? And you could see his abs through his shirt. So like, he literally one of the most fit golfer on the pl- the active golfer on the planet right now. Sorry, big cat. Um, he's the one that said you're going to say sorry Gary Player (laughs) (laughs) I should have have. he's the one that ran out of steam whereas Patrick Reed claims he did not run out of steam I just want to point that out hey Patrick Reed's American made cheeseburgers milkshakes whatever (laughs) I like by the way I like how uh, the US just won its second Ryder Cup since 1999 and literally all we've talked about is Rory McIlroy for the first 10 minutes of this thing uh, the man crush, at least for me, has it's gotten to an uncomfortable level. I, I mean, do you, well, Chris, you said like along the lines of him being kind of self aware and knowing he was playing a role. You said you know on several occasions he stopped and like chatted with you in between tee to green, well, kind of. Can we out. talk about my favorite moment of the week? We haven't gotten we haven't gotten <laughs> that. Oh, shit. All right. Was your was your favorite moment of the week when Rory acknowledged Solly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Solly. <laughs> I tweeted the story, but it, uh, I tweeted it as best I could, summed it up in one tweet. But um, like I've, I've never really, I've met more Rory very briefly at the memorial. And uh, I think it was Friday morning or afternoon on the fourth hole, third hole, when Phil hit the big flop shot. We were out there, and uh, he see, he sees me again. He isn't, they haven't even finished the hole yet. It was foursome, so it was Friday morning? Saturday morning. Saturday morning, sorry. Yeah. And... Uh, they haven't even finished the hole yet, and he sees me, kind of like makes eye contact and like head nods, and then like makes a weird gesture about the flop shot Phil hit, and we're like kind of like ten, fifteen feet away, and we I can't talk because like somebody's lining up a putt, so I just make some stupid gestures back at him. <laughs> what, I don't you know, what, like pointed at the ground. I pointed like... the divot, like oh, there's the divot. Like, <laughs> like Rory would be impressed by the it divot. Was, it was hilarious. So 
<laughs> I was just like, damn, this guy's not like even remotely nervous. Like here he is, like Beach giving us this bravado show on every hole, looking like the most intense athlete on the planet. And then like afterwards, kind of joking about it. And even like today with Reed, like when they're finger wagging at each other and shushing, then they'd go up and high five and joke about it in between holes. So it was like an act, or a theater to it. And he was so relaxed to the point that on Saturday afternoon. Obviously, I was like begging for the Kepka DJ pairing. I think you single handedly might have make, made that happen. I think I kind of did. I think <laughs> did, Davis. Does Davis Love's son follow you on Twitter <laughs> or something? <laughs> give, give him something. We have to give him something. Is, is, D, is Davis Love's son DL4? Is it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm serious. That guy. No, I think his name's Drew, isn't it? Okay, it's Drew. Okay, yeah. he, played, he played at uh, Bama, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. With, played with JT. Uh, with JT. Because yeah. I almost went up to him today, and I, but I, wanted, I didn't know if he was a DL4. Hey, DL4. Oh, hey, DL4. Yeah, hey, Quattro. <laughs> so they, so Rory and Peters are three up on DJ and Brooks, and I, I go back to nine T, and and there's a lot of people following the, this group, and a lot of people following Rory, but to go back to nine T is a bit of a hike, and not a lot of like uh, media people went back there. So I go back there, and no one else is sitting there, and uh, I just like sat down on the bench, pretty far away from the action, and, like twenty feet away, and Rory hits his drive, crushes one recoils and just walks over and like tosses something away and just sits down on the bench right next to me. We've never had a conversation really in our lives. Looks over at DJ and Brooks. Again, he's three up on them and goes, Hey, you got your wish. Just, just trolling. Full trolling me. Like this is the pair you wanted. I'm waxing them. I'm rubbing in your face. Eight holes into the match. In the middle of the Ryder. In the cup. middle of the Ryder Cup. Real nervous. Yeah, Real nervous. terrified. Um, I like. I lost my mind. I was like. I, I was like. I think I might be rooting for Europe at this point. Like, this is. This is incredible. I live there. Their yeah. best player is my favorite player. <laughs> my favorite moment of the week, I think, might have been when uh, Solly's soul left his body on. Which time? <laughs> on the 16th hole on Friday, uh, when when Rory uh, made the eagle putt to end his match. I forgot to tweet that picture out because I didn't have Wi-Fi, but now oh, I yeah. can tweet it out. Uh, <laughs> From the 8th hole today? Yeah. Uh-huh. Who were they playing on? I don't Friday? even remember this moment. That's how many times my soul disappeared no, when, this week. No, when he bowed. And oh, when he bowed. Oh, the, the look on my face. That's That feels like a week ago at this point. Yeah, it point. does feel like a week ago. But Solly came in just, I mean, he'd only, you've been in the inside the ropes a couple times now? Yeah, a couple times. So pretty, pretty innocent yeah. yes. to, the, to the whole experience, <laughs> yeah. and he will never be the same. It was like me and uh, and Kevin at the Masters seeing uh, seeing Spieth dump a couple in the water on twelve. It was just a, it was a, it was a violation, really, of <laughs> thousands of Americans at one time. What Rory did on sixteen with the eagle to end it. Can I we think- just talk about like what we've seen, like real quick, at the majors this year? I mean, like you know, the PGA we were all kind of meh about, but. So you didn't like Jimmy Walker's up and down <laughs> on the 18. <laughs> so up and up two putts. Up and down, up and down, down. At the Masters, we had a guy have one of the more horrific meltdowns, but then also like almost ace the 16th, where we were standing there. I thought that was going was, in. Okay. I still like so amazing moment there. We have DJ sticking it in the USGA's face with that shot into 18, and and Rory like live tweeting yeah, that was in the moment, amazing. like suck at the USGA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we have he added them too. Yeah, at and, USGA, and then we have a stripe show in the British with Stenson and Mickelson, where it's like 
you had to, Mickelson would have had to shoot 61 worst, in the last day to win. Ball to get into a playoff. <laughs> yeah, just to get into a playoff. <laughs> All right. won, and yeah. then we'll, we'll skip the PGA because it was boring. And then we had the Ryder Cup this year. It's like yeah. this whole golf season was lit. You missed yeah. the Olympics. Oh, the Olympics. Yeah. Excuse me. I, yeah. Kucher won bronze, I think. <laughs> 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 I was going to make a joke about the FedEx Cup playoffs, but that actually did turn out to be pretty <laughs> exciting at the end. Yeah. Uh, God, I, I seriously had like forgotten about like Rory taking my soul on 16 because he took it like eight other times the rest of the week. So I have a quick question. Uh-oh. Like, We really distilled this Ryder Cup down to like this Reed-Rory stuff. Did we kind of... I mean, I, we kind of overlooked Mickelson a little bit. Like, that match was like an all-timer. And I think... You know, sometimes walking around inside the ropes, you don't get the full broadcast, or you're not seeing the highlights. And obviously, we were consumed by every move that Reed and Rory and like them exchanging blows, and not so much the shots, but what they would do after the putt went in the hole. We <laughs> were just all like, "That's when you perked up." It's not like after you struck the ball. It's like you got on your tippy toes when the ball went in the yeah, hole. Yeah. Like, what are they going to do now? You froze. Like, what we got? What so, we got? <laughs> sometimes you lose perspective on what's going on behind them. Mickelson played like an all-time match. It's only got a half point. And he was pretty solid, you know, the other two days and with all the backdrop of the task force BS and stuff. I think I just feel like we're kind of losing sight of what he I did. think that this Ryder Cup was so big for his legacy. I mean, I, I know from, like, having conversations throughout the week and stuff that when Phil basically, like, knifed Tom Watson in front of everyone, <laughs> that that moment was, like... There's sort of this divide about how people feel about that. A lot of people think, oh, it's so not classy. Like, how could you do that in front of everyone? Like, you should have handled it differently. And even Phil, like, sort of made a joke about it. Like, tonight, people asked him, you know, some idiot opened his mouth or whatever. But the truth is, is that to get to where we are tonight, that moment kind of had to happen. Like, it was painful. I think it had to happen publicly. I think that if it hadn't happened publicly, there would have been too much sort of internal sort of, you know just momentum of like keeping the way that it was they would have kept sort of having you know guys like ted bishop pick you know guys who they grew up adoring like tom watson and there wouldn't have been like a a Ryder cup task force to sort of bring in people i mean like look tiger and phil have never been like particularly close i don't think that's like anything anyone would pretend that otherwise but they were kind of forced to like work together a little bit in this and like sort of help save american golf and so mickelson like it's like a huge bet where you have to sort of basically trust your gut and say, "I'm going to do this thing, and I'm not just doing this for me." And I think that Amy's sort of comments coming to a couple of reporters this week sort of validate this. But like, he felt like, okay, like if if I'm going to stick up for everyone in this team room, I'll I'm the big enough dog in the room that I'll take the heat for it. Yeah. And he knew that I'm sure he, he was going to get ripped for it. Maybe not quite to the degree that he did, but he he stuck up and said, "You know what." This isn't working, and we got to figure out a new way about this. And if this hadn't worked out this week, he would have been. It would have been. He would have been the lightning rod for all the criticism. Do you I think, think if it hadn't worked out this week that he would never get captain? I. It's so tough to keep him like from getting a shot at being oh, captain. You know yeah. who knows? I mean, Hall of Famer, PGA champion. You figure like, another ten yeah. years, whoever the leadership is, the PGA would have sort of gradually been phased out, and another. Yeah. I think he would have gotten a chance eventually, but you never know. Maybe but now he's going to get like six in a row. Phil would have seceded. Okay, he would have started his own country with Patrick Reed, probably. And here would have is been. A, here is a theory that <laughs> the best 
Ryder Cup captaincy that you could put together might be a co-captaincy where Phil is the captain and Tiger is the co-captain and Phil has to talk to the media every day and Tiger just does the pairings and like looks over spreadsheets and like walks around in a cart. Tiger would love that. Phil would love that. Would Phil, Phil would like talking to the media every single day? Yeah, just about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holding court after every session. and I mean, and you know what? Like, that's kind of a cool thing to think that they sort of both understand their strengths and weaknesses and like, you know, I, I, I mean, that's kind of what a lot of people think maybe happened in some ways yeah. this week. That, like, Davis, obviously Davis had to make the ultimate call, and I think both of them respected that. But, you know, every time that Davis talked about it, he sort of brought it up, you know, if I said something, Phil was on board with it, and he was going to go on, you know, with it, and I consulted Tiger on everything, and we were all sort of in a texting group talking or whatever. So. Texting group. They, they, they have their own WhatsApp, they do. right? <laughs> <laughs> my, my question about all of this is, like, we, we've been talking about, and Phil talked about this after uh, the matches on Sunday night. He said, we've got this foundation now. Like, we've started something. And, and I guess my question is, like... By the way, he was... Davis talked about this in the 18th grade. Phil was talking about how things are going to play out in Paris on the 18th grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> like, saying, these are the matchups. <laughs> <laughs> He's got pairings. But, like, what, what exactly... What exactly were they going... Like, what were they trying to accomplish? Like, was it just the this, like, um, succession of, like, okay, vice-captains become captains, and, like, this is how we do things generally? Or, or like... Because, like, was there issue that it, things have just been done haphazardly and you never know what you're getting? Because that's, that's sort of what yeah. it felt like. I think that's all it sounds like. Kevin alluded to it, the bishop, just Ted Bishop, a PGA pro, like, kind of picking the guy how he wants to run it. I think, like, Shane Bacon's podcast with Azinger kind of alluded to this, where he would say, like, yeah, Corey Pavin never called me for anything. I don't even know, like, what they did or, you know, how they operated. It just seems like you just get jerked around from every two years, and you don't really do anything until you arrive that week. That captain does all his, like, PR stuff and, you know, does the promotional visits and promotes the Ryder Cup for a year, and then the players show up on, like, Sunday, and, you know, it's it's just different every two years, whereas the Europeans know exactly kind of what they're getting into. I don't think you should be able to be a Ryder Cup captain if you haven't been a vice captain already. Makes sense. That's I mean, fair. That's, you have to, like, and maybe have done it, like, twice, you know? Maybe, I, I think we're all sort so, of thinking that, you know, next time around that Furyk or Stricker... Or Bubba. Or, you know... <laughs> The amount of like fast paced decisions. I mean, clearly, listen to Davis this week where like they had to make a bunch of decisions and the stress and the pressure was on and like they were furiously texting and Davis was like, "Oh my god, Tiger, what do I do?" Yeah, yeah. That, that was can the you, best part. When can he was you like, imagine Tiger? Help me. Yeah, can you imagine like Bubba making those under pressure yeah. decisions about whether to sit Deschambeau and Patrick yeah. Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, we could do a whole separate podcast on the things that I was wrong about going up into this, but I do think the I, I just didn't picture all of that ego working together. Mm-hmm. Talk about Tiger. For, I, I'm not saying love necessarily has a big ego, but Tiger love Phil is a playing captain, yeah. and then yeah, <laughs> Phil air quotes is what yeah. Kyle just did there, and we have Furyk mixed in, which again there could be some. Issues as far as captain selection. We have a vice captain guy that, again, Love was he was on the tip of Love's tongue for every press conference you could imagine. 
Um, and then and then you throw in Bubba at this last second. I was like, there's no way this can actually work. I, there's too much going into people wanting to play. And it did. Everything worked. I think his captain's picks worked out. I don't know what their final records were. Um, ended up being a great positive to the team. I think Dust. I think DJ was the only guy that had a losing record. Am I right in saying Which that? I could be wrong. We were like furious that DJ was sitting. Yeah. A match, and it turned out DJ's game was kind of meh. Like, but I still think that was. I. <clears throat> I don't like outcome based. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Like, uh, you're right. Like, I, I'm like agreeing. Looking yeah. back on things, um, and that's that's like the way we view Reed's performance today. Like. Reed would have got skunked by Phil today. Like as much as we are loving how Reed played, like or Sergio, you mean? Yeah. yeah. But Sorry, either way, I'm, I'm just saying like yeah. the way yeah. Phil played versus the way Reed played, yeah. and we're just kind of glancing over how Phil played today. I thought that was the only mistake was sitting DJ. Like the only thing that I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like everything else was. Yeah. I, he almost screwed it up by by benching Spieth and Reed, and I actually might have benched them or broken them up yeah. after they blew that Friday, uh, Saturday morning match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the all right. So people were mocking a little bit when I said that you know going to the week that Reed went into the, the meeting on Sunday and said. I'm playing all five matches, and I'm only playing with Jordan. Like, he told Big Cat, "Don't you're not sitting me." He told Tiger Woods, "Do not sit me. I'm not sitting any of the matches." That's the quote. Like, how do you sit a guy that does that? His record is was five one and two in the Ryder Cup at that point. He's 25 years old at this point, and he has the bravado to walk into Davis Love and say. I'm playing all five matches. Not like forget. Love. He didn't say I want to play Tiger, all five yeah. matches. Tiger. <laughs> Tiger was on his side at this point, though. Yeah, like that's so, true. he didn't have to fight that. I think Love wanted to sit everyone for one session. Not the worst strategy. Yeah, because look at look at the Euros. If you look, at, I don't know how exactly the five guys that played all five matches today. So Rose lost, Stenson Beats won, yeah. Rory lost, Peters won, and. Garcia have so he they, said that, they split, that was but. the method. That was the method they used in Medina, and it gave him a ten six lead. And he felt like you know it was too hard to sort of say. There's he said there's four guys back at the clubhouse who really want to play. I felt like I should have given him a chance, and Tiger was like, "No, you got to send my guys back out." And that yeah. was what was cool. Like that's how you know that it was like kind of pods, but not quite really. Is that Tiger was the guy basically saying, <laughs> yeah. "Semi pods, no, nope, these are my guys. I, I trust them. You got to send them back out. They're gonna play great." And would it, you guys? What did you guys think of Tiger this week? I thought he was like a little odd. Like he was really, really kind of understated mm-hmm. and did not, you know, he had no real kind of personality. He never, he didn't really celebrate. He didn't kind of emote at all. He just, just he oddly, you know, I think at the start of the week, because we haven't seen him publicly, you know, he does a couple mm-hmm. appearances like at Congressional. At the start of the week, we were like, oh my gosh, it's Tiger. But then like when the matches started, he was just kind of like another guy on the cart. I, it was like kind of astonishing. It was really weird. And then even the, the victory press conference, he was another guy on the dais. He that's, got his own question. Yeah. Kind of Jimmy Furyk and Stricker didn't get questions, but like Tiger, you would think any right. other press conference, they're all for Poor Tiger. Strick, even Tom Lehman. I, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> I thought the same thing because we, when we were there on Thursday or Wednesday, I forget which day, we had just arrived. And Tiger was just watching Kuchar hit balls on the range. We were going to go walk around, and we were like, we have to stay here. Big Tiger. cat. He's standing. All he was doing He's was standing. drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. Let's watch him. By the end of by Sunday night, I, and I actually like looked at him a, a bit during the press conference, just looked over and was like, 
it's amazing how Tiger is just a guy in this room right now. Yeah. Like, he has this presence about him when you see him on the golf course, but, like, you brought him in that room, and it was just bizarre. Like, for me, if I had to ask 20 questions, if I had an allotment of 20 questions to anyone, I, 19 of them first would have gone to Patrick Reed in that room, and maybe I would have, like, thrown one to Tiger. Like, but that, that's how it was on the course, too. Yeah, like, he was walking with yeah. Reed and Rory for part of Sunday, and obviously Reed and Spieth for the first two days. And we're we're all in this like inside the ropes together, and like he's just like with everyone. Yeah. Like it, it, like people were chanting Patrick Reed's name, and he and Tiger was like hanging out with Hootie and yeah. Noda. Well, Noda. I mean, so, it, was, it was it was bizarre. This was uh, my days are all messed up. This was yesterday when yeah. we were walking around, and on the about the fifth hole. Um, for some reason, Hunter Mahan is inside the ropes. Saturday. With a media bib. With a media bib. Yeah, he had the same bib on that we had on. Hunter really wanted to see on the action. He was probably going to file some dispatches for uh, fan-sided or I don't know. <laughs> the player's tribute. <laughs> might, might take from the Inside the Ropes by Hunter Mahan. The player's tribute. Um, and so he comes up and starts talking to Big Cat. Patrick Reed looks over and is like, what the hell are you doing here, Donner Mayhead? Anyways, Mayhead and Reed start talking, and there's like, I don't know, they're, we, we're standing pretty close to, it's me and Kevin standing close to uh, to but, Tiger and Mayhead. By the way, if Keegan Bradley found out that Hunter Mayhead was inside the ropes with a medium bib and he didn't think of that as a way to get to the Ryder Cup, you know it would kill him. Keegan, <laughs> Thank Keegan, God he could unpack his Keegan's suitcase. Keegan's medium bib is in his suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, is Mayhem like, was this like a layover on his way to the web.com finals? Or? Oh, whoa. <laughs> I knew the tanks would get hot. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be Hunter Mayhem. Cowboy, <laughs> cowboy on cowboy crime. <laughs> Somebody take away my beer. <laughs> One and a half beers in. Porter's so we're talking it. to we're talk- Go ahead, you we're- tell. No, no. Uh, well, so we're standing there, you and I, and like, we kind- it wouldn't, it was almost like a little bit happenstance. We didn't actually like, we weren't so creepy that we made this happen like on our own. I have an app on my phone actually that just shows me where Tiger is. <laughs> it just brings me. But we turned and I was standing like six inches from Tiger, and and you were right next to me, and we and the crowd kind of moved away, and neither one of us moved because yeah. we were like it looked so bizarre. Like so, there's like fifteen to twenty people in the general area as Spieth was hitting his shot. Mm-hmm. Spieth hits a shot, and the rest of everyone. Started walking, mm-hmm. and me, you, and Sean Zach from Golf.com just stood next to these two, <laughs> completely out of place. Like so obvious what we were doing, just standing there eavesdropping, not talking to each other, not taking pictures, no. nothing. Just stood there eavesdropping. It wasn't a very interesting conversation. I'm talking about mud balls for the yeah, most mud part. Mud balls. talking about uh, the the fairways were all weird. And then, but you, you remember he was like, "Have you seen this Peter's kid? This Peter's kid he hit the hell out of the ball." And he's like. Dropping F bombs, and you're like, oh my god, Tiger just dropped an F bomb. But it was great. It was like, it's so fun to see him. Uh, to me, honestly, it was really fun to see him in such a different uh, environment and different role. Like, I love seeing Tiger sort of have to like change and grow older a little bit. Uh, like, I've always said for years and years and years that I, I, I admit fully that I did not appreciate Tiger in his prime. Yeah. And I, I have regrets about that now because I his personality rubbed me the wrong way. I was always kind of more of a Phil guy. And now, like, I miss him for the game's sake. But but even then, I always said, the Tiger that I always want to cheer is not the Goliath for... It's, that I want to cheer for is not the Goliath. It's the guy who someday is 46, 
47 years old and puts together a back nine birdie run at Augusta that makes me think about being 25 years old and seeing him, you know, win freaking 13 whatever in a row. Uh, it, it's just so being next to him, like, and seeing him throughout the week kind of have to be someone who was totally not Tiger Woods was was fun. Like, I, I was walking, you know, next to him on a hole and Jordan hit a uh, an iron, kind of a loose iron shot. And just hearing Tiger go, cut, cut, come on, ball, cut, like cheering for someone else's ball was kind of a cool thing. Like, yeah, it's like that's, wow, like that's, that's cool. That's awesome. Dad, look at how much power he still has. All he's Absolutely. all he's doing is rooting for the ball, and we're like, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Ever. I mean, Frank, you know, look at all four of us watch Tiger watch Kucher hit balls yeah. on the range. Like that shows you that he still matters. Yeah. I'm no, just, hey, whenever uh, Tiger, like, club twirls on 16 when he's, like, 47 and trying to beat Spieth for the, what what Masters would that be? Like, the 2022 Masters? Uh, uh, yeah. Can I have your Twitter followers? Yeah, I'll be good. <laughs> okay. I, this was, if, you know what, actually, I've, I, I've never been more confident that I can survive anything on a golf course after this week, because, <laughs> I mean, we've been, like, we've just been geeking out about this, but, like, it, like, I don't really, I don't know. I'm not really, this is only really my second tournament I've ever gone inside the ropes on, ever. To do it at a Ryder Cup, so, so the first time I did it, it kind of ruined golf for me, like attending a golf tournament, yeah, like outside of it. It does. Now, this like ruined other PGA Tour events. Yeah. Like, I, I, this is, I don't, uh, I, I, what I tried to do all week, I told you, told you guys this earlier, is whenever there was like a really big moment, like Reed making a big birdie, or DJ, or Kepka making a big birdie, I would try to walk to the next hole somewhat near them, not necessarily like in their way or right next to them or, you know, I wasn't trying to get a selfie with them. I just kind of wanted to feel what that was like to walk through that, a tunnel of people that are yelling and supporting you and everyone being the one rooting for you. Mm -hmm. And it like, it made my hair stand up on my arms like several times. Like it was truly incredible to hear the USA. I don't know. And people were doing it for Rory even too at times. And I just thought that was such an unbelievable experience. There's so many times we just ended up looking over at each other like, did that seriously just happen? Did you see him shush? Did you see him bow? Like there were things that we missed. That, oh, it was just it was just incredible. I think the hard part about a Ryder Cup is <clears throat> you don't like at a at a regular event. You kind of know who to follow because you know who the leaders are and you know who's playing well. And here, like I didn't know to follow Phil and Sergio today yeah. because like you you didn't know that they were right. going to go shoot a best ball fifty eight. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so you're you're it, it's. Sunday was really difficult to figure out where to go. We ran the eighteen. We all ran to eighteen to watch the final putt. Which is there a more anticlimactic ending than Ryan Moore two putting for par (laughs) to win the Ryder Cup? Did he even putt? I don't think it even went down. Like Westwood, did Westwood uh, give it to him? I I couldn't see. So Westwood hit it in the bunker, and then he hit it long out of the bunker, and then at that point, Westwood had to make a birdie to to win the hole to have that point. It was a have already. Yeah. And so, like, if when he didn't hold his bunker shot, it was over. Like, the U.S. had, had won the Ryder Cup at that point. But then he putted out his... And then Ryan hit another putt, and it never went in. At that point, like, Wesley took off his hat. Yeah. And then they just... So it was, like, it was literally the most anticlimactic that it could have possibly yeah. been. Yes. Did you and did you stay for the putt, for DJ's putt on 16? No, he missed it though. I heard he did. I heard. So I think Shane Ryan and I are the only ones on the on the on the ground that saw DJ miss the putt. So if DJ makes the putt on sixteen. The U.S. would have effectively clinched the cup. 
That yeah. would have guaranteed but, but a half. They, but they wouldn't have celebrated They would not have celebrated, but it would have been the win. Yeah. He missed that, and Moore had already hit his second into 18. How did you, how did you make it back? We sprinted two holes. Did, did, we sprinted. Did, did Shane make it back? <laughs> Shane beat me, actually. I had a backpack on. <laughs> In the end, though, it was like there was no real kind of instant celebration. On the green, it was like, weird. They're definitely, like the crowd gathered and the crowd it was, swelled. It was a little you know, oddly. It was really fun dude. to be. So I was like, again, like kind of lurking and like trying to listen to conversations <clears throat> without being a creep about it. But like, so I was kind of hanging around like Phil and Spieth and like all these guys, and it was fun to watch them like look at the board and try to figure out where the final point was going to come. And and Phil saying. I don't really care. I want us to win by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, was, Phil had the Phil over. Had the over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. I, the, the fact that Phil willed that putt in on 18 to me was such a, a great ending. Like, yeah, I'm bummed a, that I missed that. It, that it was, was cool. He looked over it for so long. I he, mean, wanted, he, yeah, he, he was, wanted it so badly. And I think he felt like... You know this might matter. So yeah. like I, you know if I don't if I lose a point here, you know after playing this well, I'm going to be really kind of devastated by it. And he stalked that putt as long as I've seen him stalk a putt since the 2004 Masters, uh, you know putt they rolled in to yeah. win his first major. And it he willed it in. You know Tiger used to will putts in. That's exactly what happened on that. It was a downhill kind of. You had to put it outside the hole and bring yeah. it back in. And Sergio, you know again. Makes putts this week and never yeah. anywhere I, else. Is it okay know? that I love Sergio? Of course, I love sure. Sergio. Yeah. No I love Rory. I love Rose. I love Stan. I love all those guys. Those Tar- guys are great. Europeans are great. Like per- their personalities are awesome. Like, yeah. Thomas Peters was so funny this week. I, this is the first time I'd ever He's really even dude. knew who Thomas Peters was, other than a name. And he <clears throat> hits nuclear weapon grades plutonium drives. <laughs> <laughs> just, just throwing There's the mush. <laughs> just throwing it the wall. It's unbelievable. And, and even Rory was like, like you know, isn't this kid a that was, stud or what? Yeah. You know? He said that to you. Yeah, between uh, uh, what 15 day? 15 and 16. Between 15 and 16, what day? I think it was... Friday, Friday afternoon. Yeah. It was almost like Rory was seeing this for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we're walking between 15 and 16. Peters had just drained a putt on 15. And Rory just looks over at me and just goes, and the crowd's going nuts. I mean, the crowd was cheering and yelling at Rory and whatnot. And he just this guy's sick. And says that to me as he's walking. And I was like, well, I, I mean, we can all see that. Is this the first time you're seeing this? Like, even Rory was like genuinely shocked by it. But it might be like, how often does Rory? Dude. Rory plays the PG, the European Tour just enough to keep his yeah. card so he can play in the Ryder Cup. He beat uh, JT at the uh, 2013 NCAA. Why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing, why are you doing yeah. this? Well, be, because I mean, why are you doing this to that, me? The, it shows his greatness. Why are you doing it's, this it's to my me? Point. Yeah. <laughs> what, why would you bring this what up? What were you gonna say? No, I just Peter's like. Prior, like most notorious moment was just snapping a club in two and then throwing <laughs> full. Right. Right. You got a lot of yeah, tweets out of that. Yes, As the ball landed like on top of the flag, <laughs> and both pieces go into the gorse. <laughs> gorse. At Royal Truth. Shout out to Gorse the horse, by the way. Goes you know undefeated as a rookie. So. He was, yeah, he so, was great. He's a big winner out of this week. What do we think about the job that Clark did? Are we? Do we feel like he was a good captain, an average captain? Does he just kind of get system. run into a buzzsaw? I think like, it's a system at this point. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It, I just, from that, uh, like, you know, 
defeat press conference, I guess, the after Ryder Cup press conference, I just totally got a vibe that, like, this is an entire system, mm -hmm. and whose ever turn it is is just kind of the guy who rotates the spot. And these guys, just this Euro Tour and this group, just have it so locked in. All the assistant captains up there on the back row kind of flanking him. And it's like the luck of the draw. Either yeah. You, yeah. you know, you usually get a winning team if you're the Euros, and he got one of the losing ones. I mean, I guess some would argue that Faldo kind of went rogue and did his own thing. <laughs> some would argue. <laughs> some would argue. Some <laughs> poor job. I just, I just got a sense that like Clark was kind of a, you know, the next guy in the system, and I'm not sure he did anything exceptionally well or bad. I, I about, yeah, I agree. I. I love, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cherry pick what he did to make the arguments in the future that like you can use a captain's pick on a rookie. You can do that. He might go four and one, and he might be a guy you're gonna want to use in a lot of Ryder Cups. Defaulting to Westwood and Keimer, and I don't know have their records in front of me. In hindsight, looks like very questionable. I get why he did that, considering they already had six other rookies on the team. Yeah. But um, I wonder what Russell Knox was doing this week. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, Russell Walk Knox is not changing Definitely this not. Ryder Cup. Yeah, but no, who's blowing? What, I mean, he, he, he like was his hands were tied behind his back. It's not yeah. like there's a bunch of Thomas Peterses out there. No, that's that's very true, and that's why that's why. Okay, so I went on the Golf.com Hot Take podcast in March, and I said that the United States is going to win the Ryder Cup 16 and a half, 11 and a half, and we're going to win it for like. I said year. Rory's never going to win the Masters. Can I take that back? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, and I was like, I said, we're gonna like basically dominate for the next decade, and that's the exact reason why is there are not a lot of Thomas Peters out there. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I want to believe, is the next great European player. This week is kind of like, Ugh. and Chris Wood, come on, I'm not, I may I'm never not. see him again. Chris Chris Wood is like the homeless man's Thomas Peters. He's the Brett Wetterick so, of the uh, <laughs> oh, Wow, okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. so, hot hot take, uh, I feel like the, the European uh, guys have guys who sometimes shine brightly and then Ryder Cups and then don't make another Ryder Cup team. Like, it, it, it strikes me as like, so we were talking a lot about like... Like Priorik Johansson? What was his Jamie name? Jamie Donaldson, maybe we might not see Jamie Donaldson was a, a, unbelievable yeah, at Glen Eagles. Nicholas Colsart's made Eight yep. birdies and an eagle go against Tiger and Stricker and never made another Ryder Cup team. Go, go with what's in your pants. Go with what's in your pants. Like the all-time great quote. Like, you know, the Molinari brothers both played on Ryder Cups and then never again. Like, flying Molinari's. <laughs> how come they haven't found, you know, I, I mean, I guess how we're, we're criticizing the Europeans like they've done a poor job yeah. winning. <laughs> yeah. winning. Why have they only won eight times? Eight out of the last 11. 11. But, um, you know, it just, that, that's what's fascinating about them, but also what I guess maybe pretends down the road of like, well, you have to rebuild every single time out, How, you know, if you can't like rely. I mean, their old lines got, are getting old. We yeah. all know that like Stenson's amazing. If you stand next to him and watch him hit irons, it's unreal. Rose is still like a, a great player. Serger's obviously How a great old is player. Rose? He like 34, 35? 17 of the 98. British Open, so thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. So that's not that old. Yeah, but like Westy's old. Sergio has thirty. Westy, Westy might be done with the Ryder Cup after this. Yeah, one. I, th I think Lost. this is a good chance. This is probably Westy's last as a what? player. Said he's washed. He looked pretty washed. Did you hear what he? It was funny. They were criticizing the European players. Were oddly criticizing the setup today, which uh. was like. 
kind of came off as sort of sour grapes, whatever. And uh, Westwood said, uh, I'm kind of hoping it's a senior PGA in about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they were all pretty salty, just about. Obviously, they don't lose very often. I'm not sure they know. I mean, let's that. just let's kind of just, in case anyone missed that, like, both Rose and Rory yeah. were a little bit annoyed that the setup was too easy. Rose was more than a little bit annoyed. Rose, he was, Rose, yeah, all Rory, Rose was one comment. Rory was annoyed. Rose was pissed. Rose was, yeah. half, Rose was like, you put this on a tee, or I'm not even sure the question was supposed to go there, and he was happy to crush it. Rose them. called it the equivalent of a pro-am, <laughs> yeah. and said the pin on 17 was a joke, there was only three birdies all day at seventeen, so I'm not really? sure like what exactly made yeah. the joke. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what? What? Yeah, I don't, I don't why, even know what that means. Really. Why would you know? I did. So we all know that like, Azinger like has sort of talked a little bit about you know how his strategy was to put the pins in the middle of the greens because the Europeans are so used to like firing at tucked pins or whatever, and they like to sort of show off and their manly sort of attack. And also, you can protect a lead better if the pins are in the middle of the greens because you can, both players can make birdies. And so that was his sort of strategy. Hmm. And it's clear that Love kind of picked up on that strategy and was like, yeah, if we're you know, if we're leading, we're going, putting yeah. the pins where both guys can hang. You know, you don't have to, like, get nervy over certain swings where you're going to a back pin. But they were they were criticizing it on 16, too, saying that all the pins were away from the water. 16 was such a great hole. It, I mean, how did that sort of strike you guys? Like, well, why would... What's the point at that at that point? Yeah. You've, you've won all these Ryder Cups, basically like the U.S., you know, peeing down their leg in crucial moments, <laughs> and you <laughs> lose one where they outplay you. Yeah, I just didn't... I didn't think that was the... Uh, oh, my biggest takeaway from the press conference. Not, was, not first all. of all, it was it was mostly just kind of jovial. Like those I think guys... they were they were in very good spirits. As we, we should say that like Rose, as I said, like on Twitter, Rose was like saying to Patrick Reed, like I want to see you with a drink in your hand later. Yeah. And like, why is why is Rose Irish now? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a misfire. I, want, I still want to know what Gary plays. Yeah, Gary's thinks, thinks about the Gary's about the crowd about like the, no, no. about like we'll how, talk crowd how but poorly I, they I want I just I I the, the the vibe in that press conference was just kind of like I looked at those guys and I was like that okay this is kind of why these guys win a lot I just love the way they were interacting and just yeah. having fun with it and they they were not uh, and I know Tron has been making this point too like those guys don't care as much as we do about this thing. They really don't. They don't care that much about losing. They don't fear losing it. They don't fear losing it. I think they care. I mean, they, if you they saw, do. I'm sorry. They if do. you saw yeah, they Rory throw his putter at his bag after losing yeah. Patrick Reed, you'd know that he cares. Care is the, is the wrong word. Yeah. They don't They, they don't, don't fear it. Yeah, they're not fear losing it. And they just took it as like, uh, they, we got. I think they knew they had the inferior team standing up there. Um, and they, they just Stella. Yeah, they all had some, had some beers, chilling. They were still laughing, having fun, and just kind of making like, fun of American beer. Yeah. Rory was making fun of Ian Poulter. Yeah. Rory was Willett. making fun of his own height. Yeah. Danny Willett was all too happy to just say, how'd you play this? Or what was your first experience? Shit. shit. And then he, he followed up and they said, would you like to expand on that? And he said, really shit. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how they made it. Like It was such a contrast from 2014, right? Yeah. The Losers. 
Yeah, like they just made so it entertaining yeah. and just cracking at each other. Oh, totally. Think about when we lost in 2014. Yeah. It's like Furek, like with his head in his hand. Mayhem. You know, head in the his may- hands. Mayhem. Yeah. Just mayhem. Michael Kuchar Munch. just staring off. Did you ever see the Kuchar, like screenshots of Kuchar as Wat- he's next to Watson while Watson's like, you know, about to bite the microphone. And Kuchar's just. Like looking around, <laughs> like gazing at the wall. It feels like just dropping. I, my favorite thing about that whole thing is where, like, the fall, Phil says what he says. None of us were involved in any decision, and someone says, "You know, oh, you know, you're kind of taking a shot at Tom right here." And he says, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, you took it that way. I, 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 I didn't mean it that way at all. That was like, I, that, that was, was yeah. The yeah. How did you take it that way? The Euros were just." opposite of well and not, yeah. not that they you yeah. know yeah. they hadn't been on like this losing streak sure. you know they had a reason to be jovial but it was just such a contrast yeah well, and, 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 was like joking about I've, you know what did you learn from the crowd today i've learned i've never won a major yeah <laughs> so i'm definitely aware that i've never won a major it was it was fantastic i think those guys knew the deck was stacked against them they yeah. had to re- they relied really really hard on those top four guys and then peters ended up becoming this fifth guy that played all five matches that i don't I would be shocked if that was the plan to start the week. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I just felt like they, they they were probably like these guys should have been beating us for a long time, anyways. Like this finally if just you happened. Only watched the golf like the Ryder Cup. If this was your first thing, how could you not come away and be like, "Oh, Patrick Reed and Thomas Peters must have a five majors between." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, Peters has got stones. All right, let's talk about the crowd. Okay. Um, some several incidents in it. I have my thoughts on what we saw out there. We saw. I think. Uh, I think we were kind of at the advantage of being able to hear what exactly what the players were hearing and what was directed at them. Uh, Brennan, do you think? What's your? Oh, someone mentioned to you like what happened with the crowd at Hazeltine. What would your first like answer be? What would your first response be? I mean, I. I, I think everything needs to be kind of consumed through the lens of the Ryder Cup. It's really an adversarial, totally out-of-the-box event um, that we need to kind of shift the goalposts for our expectations on. Now, I'm not making excuses. It was pretty bad, I thought, but, you know, again, I hadn't covered a Ryder Cup before, so I don't have a frame of reference. Maybe at Glen Eagle, some of that stuff was happening. I heard, like, you know random reference Jim Gallagher on the Golf Channel this morning talking about how he was hit with a beer can and whatever that was at the Belfry in 1980-something or ninety early 90s. Like, I think a lot of this stuff has been going on. This is my first Ryder Cup. I think it was probably pretty bad. The Europeans seemed really, really irritated by it and thought it was way over the line. Um, but kept falling back on that. 99% are fine, and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's the case. It was an extreme crowd. I thought their answers in the press conference were very interesting. Yeah. They yeah. were, like, so they said, like, you know, it was a very small majority and, like, you know, whatever, and the American players were stepping up. They made sure to make it clear, like, the right people were making the right steps. We have the most utmost respect for the American players, the captains. Right. Everyone was chiming in, trying to calm it down. Me being out there... I didn't feel like it was that small of a majority that was being obnoxious. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was it was bad at times. It and was the crowd. It was, I don't bad, think you could it was say bad Saturday for sure. Yeah. yeah. Saturday was really. Bad. Uh, Sunday was much more subdued, and I think it, that was a really good moment when Roy was trying to hit his shot in the sec, uh, sixteen, yep. his second shot, and that someone Yahoo, some Yahoo said something during the swing, and the whole crowd like turned on that person. Boo. It was like, get yeah. him out of here, boo. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a good moment. That was like, but. Seriously, like before that, like it was scary when the guy yelled, you know, suck a D to Rory 
I was right there. And, you know, Rory was furious about it. And he, he kind of went back and stood at the rope line and pointed at the guy. And it was like a scary moment. I, I thought, oh, my gosh, like, what if this guy, like, rushes over here and just take a swing at him? Like, this is going to be a horrible thing. And he, But Rory was like, get him out of here. Scared him right now. Like, he just was, he was furious. And I understand what I'm saying. And then he stripped a 300 to six feet. It was yeah. like... It, what's funny about the whole crowd you thing suck is, a is uh, yeah. <laughs> what was funny with they, the whole, I, he should have done the full suck a D motion right at him. What was funny about the whole crowd thing is that like they it never seemed to catch on that like they made him better like every yeah. single time they sort of tried to get under his skin. And he even and, like, told him. He yeah. even said it. I, I mean, it's just like him clapping back and singing the second line of Sweet Caroline. <sighs> Was an epic all time three up, amazing three moment. Like that was awesome. I still can't believe that he did that. And I think it's so weird that it, like they they taunt him and tease him about a woman that he broke up with and yeah. then ended up with someone that he clearly likes better. Like it's just a weird, yeah. it's a weird sort of taunt. I don't know. Like I, I, my favorite uh, since we're talking about Rory again. I, I thought the I thought the best thing. He, all things lead to Rory. <laughs> The best thing he did all week was after the the cup was over, everybody's on eighteen, Europeans, Americans. And you one of y'all said this, but it was really eerie on eighteen because nobody was cheering. It was over and, mm-hmm. and the crowd was like silent and it was odd. Mm-hmm. And he tried to like start a USA chant. And he was doing it like semi facetiously, like, yeah. why are you guys not making noise? But also like semi seriously, as if to say like the show's over, like, the performance is over, yeah. we can go back to, to After know, he whatever. cooled down about, you know, he said he threw his putter, and, and after, but after it was clear the U.S. was going to win, he was a really good sport about everything. I mean, he hugged Davis, he hugged, like, all the U.S. players, he went over, and I was talking to J.B. Holmes, and he stuck his head in and said, you know, guys, where's the champagne he said, I know you haven't done this in a while, but Jesus, do this right. Yeah. <laughs> You've given up on the Rory accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was such, and, he, and it was not like a trolley, like, yeah. sort of jerk move. It was like, come Genuine on, guys, Rory. like, celebrate yeah. it. Like, yeah. jump around, have a good time. Like, you earned this. You worked so hard. To Part of me it. thinks it was too, like, this to the crowd. Like, seriously, guys, you did all this yeah. for, for three days, yeah. and yeah. your team wins it, and I don't hear anything now at this point. It was bizarre. It was So weird. I think there are, like, a couple levels here with the crowd. Like, there's obviously, like, the yelling and the backswing and, like, the That's, heckling as you're, like, addressing. The backswing thing is... Yeah, as you're, like, soling the putter to address, you know, like, the heckling, that kind of stuff that happened to Sergio a fair amount. Like, that's, like, over line. I think then, like, there's a level below that where, like, this was, like, very prevalent. This was not 99%. This was the majority of cheering bad shots, yelling at balls to hook in the woods, <laughs> hook into the water, like, way right, way right, up, yeah. chunky. Like, there was so yeah. much of that. There was. Like, and I think that's somewhere in the middle of being, this is the Ryder Cup, you're cheering against somebody. See, I'm, I'm fine on that. See, I, I'm, I, I'm good on that. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I hate I, the pre-shot I, stuff, the really personal stuff. The, mo- the thing I hate the most about it is how incredibly unfunny 99% of it is. So uncreative, and you just look over at somebody that does it, 
And they say it, and they get a little smirk on their face, and they look over to their friends. Like, did you hear what I said? I said mashed potatoes. It's like, yeah. nobody thinks you're like creative. Well, there were like five creative insults. Like in 2014, when it was foggy out, and they were they were teeing off, and somebody told uh, they couldn't see their balls, and so somebody told Furek to follow his nose, <laughs> and he laughed at it That's because funny. if it's funny and it's yeah, like sure. I mean, it's like anything that we write on Twitter or whatever. Like if it's funny, and if even if it's insulting, like people can laugh at it. Yeah. But the, yeah, the uh, the stuff like in between holes that was said a lot of times, the jokes about their personal lives, and that's I, I, I in the the short conversation I had with Rory, I was like, is this crowd like, what do you think of this crowd compared to Medina? And he's like, yeah, it's probably a little worse. I mean, it's really this like when they start saying personal this stuff, but they know stuff about your personal life. That's when it's kind of crossing the line, yeah. and it's really that's really fair. hard to disagree that's with fair. that. I mean, yeah. so yeah, think back to twenty fourteen. Patrick Reed, of all people, to insult their playing ability in this in the this event, missed a short putt. Um, I think an afternoon four ball or foursomes. I forget which one it was that caused them to have the match. They, it was short putt on the 16th green. They ended up having the match. The next day, when he was about to tee off, somebody yelled, "Did you practice your putt, and Patrick?" And like everyone, like backed off and like, "Oh, whoa!" And that was a big deal. That wouldn't have registered on yeah. the radar of this entire week. No. Like that that would have that was like that wouldn't have been the top one hundred. Part and parcel of like every single shot. Yeah, like that was you know multiple. I mean, I was. I think you guys were up with the Roy match, but I was with um, the. I want to say it was. I can't remember. It was, I guess it was Saturday morning when someone yelled um, at Rose to get out of the way as Stenson was bringing the putter back, or whatever, and then. Then they, they dropped a couple f bombs on Henrik uh, after that, and Rose was furious. Like Rose, that Rose went over to the rope line and tried to confront a person, and that's when I talked to him after the match, and he said, "I think they need to they need to start thinking about the future of this event." Like yeah. you know, they really do. You know, their wives are there. Like it's it's a really personal yeah. thing, and that's it's like you don't. Your families are you feel you don't just feel like concerned for yourself, you feel concerned for the your your parents, your family who are inside the rope line with you, they're having to hear a lot of that stuff and I don't know, it's it's hard I, I think it's hard to have this discussion and have it resonate at all outside the golf world because what you have to deal with as a professional athlete in the NBA or in the NFL is so much worse than what you have to deal with in golf. But in golf, it's so much more personal because you're right. The the fans are right there. You have to walk through the fans yeah. to get to the next hole. They can literally, if they want to, reach out and touch you and like punch you in the face. And the, the only thing that prevents them from doing so is the social contract that we all sort of yeah. sign off on. And so, it could I could see where it could get really scary in that instance. Now, yeah, Beth I, Page, you have that, to cancel. It, it is. I was, I was surprised that didn't happen more often. To be honest, with you. like that didn't actually happen. Like you said, the social contract, like walking, you're inside the ropes. Like honestly, we're, I mean, I'm not trying to kind of, you know, ignore the privilege we had of walking inside the ropes. But it gave you the perspective of like, oh my god, I'm walking with whoever, Rory's girlfriend, uh, or Niall. You know, there's one direction. He's got like. 35 million By the followers. Way, everybody on kept everybody kept screaming Nile. I thought they were saying Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't believe like one of these people had it grabbed somebody or like, you know, try to rush that like they're walking literally within inches on the ropes. I, I think what's what's complicated though is that the US had so much pressure. If you like golf in the United States, 
you have had some sort of Ryder Cup anxiety. Like, you wanted yeah. to stop being embarrassed by the Europeans, to stop, like, Rory being able to sort of troll you and say, like, oh, they're not the best. They might be the best uh, sort task, of, you know, team, but they got the, put together the best task force. Like, that stings if you're an American golf fan, because it's true. Like it, you, And so that... Everything like that ratchets up the intensity a little bit more and makes the American fans so badly want to stop being embarrassed. And frankly, the current political environment contributes to some of that. It's like we're there's a sort of sense of nationalism of like, you know, we we don't want to be sort of embarrassed by other countries or whatever. And that if you're a golf fan and you also happen to sort of follow that election stuff, it, that's all that sort of coursing through your veins. And so it's kind of... It's getting to deplorable range here. Let's be very careful here. Fifty some minutes. I early. thought it was interesting that even by like the end of it all, and obviously he was like toned down. Rory was kind of, I don't know, making excuses, but kind of explaining it away. Like, hey, if I was having tall boys before eight a.m., twenty-four yeah. ounce beers, and you know, by four thirty, five in the afternoon. I know I can, you know, I, I don't know what would be coming out of my mouth. Yeah, sure. And he's just like, he's talking about that. And, you know, they asked him, well, should they restrict alcohol sales? Like, I don't know how you do that. With he was kind of, I don't know if he's explaining it away or saying yeah. it's acceptable, but he's like understood well, how it happened. It goes back to his self-awareness. I think he also understands like the realities of things. Like he's, he's an American in, in so many ways. Right. He lives here. <laughs> His, his send him back to Florida. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that to, to Rose. And... He lives here. He's a PGA Tour member. His fiance is from here. You know, like strong he, ties to the Ryder Cup as well. Continue. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think it's sort of like going to be. It's hard for him to sort of not feel a little bit like, well, you know, this is the country that I live in, too. Yeah. Like, you know, he can step outside of it and say, well, it's not my country, but it is in yeah. a lot of ways. Like, his wife is American, and yeah. his kids might be American citizens. They'll probably have dual citizenship for sure. Yeah. Get, the, so. get them locked in. I know, right? <laughs> part, oh, part sorry, you played in a junior water, rider, walker yeah. cup. <laughs> Here you're ours now. Part of me thinks, like, the problem with what happened out there, and I, I, I don't know, I... I uh, a lot of people have been rolling their eyes at some of the things that, you know, it can't be that bad or if everyone's overreacting to it. It was disturbing at times. The stuff that was said to Willett's family that I assume was Willett's family that was inside the ropes at one point was, it was, it was, I, I have no place to turn around and say something, but I was close to Like, it was really bad. Part of it is part of our promotion of the Ryder Cup's not like any other event. Like, we say this and it's like, there is this element of cheering and but it does just bring in like the football fan that is used to heckling somebody and has no problem heckling somebody that may not have ever been to a golf tournament before. They have no problem yelling at somebody that is not you know maybe maybe uh, won't respond to it or whatnot. So it is part of what we kind of start and promote. But at the same time, I, I don't know how you put a cap on it unless I think the message they sent out Saturday again. The most people that are going to be yelling something aren't going to be reading a message from the PGA of America <laughs> before it. I feel like it did help. No, they don't. I feel like it helped. Something helped for Sunday. Maybe it was yeah. just the nature of the play or whatnot. It's but Sunday too. Yeah, it's true. Saturdays. Well, Saturdays are for the for boys. The boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, all the it's all yeah. Well, it wasn't the church going folk though. They were there at eleven a.m. All the football Sunday. fans are off watching football. And if uh, you're gonna, if you're yeah, a golf true. fan and you want to watch the Ryder Cup day, you pick a yeah. Sunday. You buy Friday, tickets for Sunday. Sunday. You know? They were both it's good pretty point. intense too. I mean, they're full days, seven a.m. What, what was what was y'all's uh, tour sauce of the week? 
It's, to me, I guess it was... It, it's hard to pick, but I, I, I'm i going to go with Reed uh, snapping the club back and then Jordan screaming at the ball before it reaches its the, apex. That, that, I've that got it. Okay. The Reed coil. The, the re- Reed coil. The Reed coil. There we go. How did we not think... Again, my mind was mushed the entire week. I don't yes. think I had a single good tweet the entire week. Oh, like, come on. You're good. It's it's hard to like it's you know, it's really hard when you're out on the course to like think creatively. First world problems. It is um, first world problem. My tour sauce of the week is DJ popping the champagne in the press conference <laughs> and yelling four left at the media. DJ won't remember that tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know how. I think my I, can I change mine? I think mine is Rory singing back to you know good times never see. Okay, good. we're supposed to write a column about how tour sauce definition has been ruined, and you're just like he's saying random things. I did say I just totally ruined it. <laughs> mine. Mine was. Uh, has to do with Rory. I don't know if we talked about him yet on this podcast. But <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was into 16, where he did the kind of mid-air club twirl. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like he shifted. It had already landed. He, waited. he yeah. really let it go. I was right like, before Solly lost his soul. Yeah, I think that was, that was kind of like a new corollary to the club twirl that we really haven't seen before. I, I think that yeah. that was kind of that was a really, unique really kind of taking it to a new level. Uh Breaking I, the Reed coil was the, uh, the first things I think of, but also the the final putt that Reed hit on eighteen uh, to start the double fist. The double that, fist. We need to name this thing. It was by the like way. it was like four or five inches away. It was the the ball was not in the cup yet to win the match to beat Rory, and he did it and to and, effectively win the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. it was. Europe, Europe knew they couldn't win the Ryder Cup without the Rory. Match. Yeah, how and, much do we think Reed? Was told Davis, I want. Like, was it a smart move for Davis to send Patrick out? I mean, there was like I think it was because I thought actually the Reed could beat Rory. Like I, that, I was just something in my heart told me yes. But if Rory had just like shellacked Patrick, you've taken one of your best players out of. You're saying because you, you as the Amer- as the U.S. team, you know Rory's going first. Yeah, yeah. you knew he was going to go first. You knew that was going to be this, and so like. You know, what, I, maybe put one of your hot players out first, so, like Snedeker, and I say... I think I'm okay with the debate about that. that. It was. Should they lay somebody a sacrifice I, at Rory's feet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who, would, who would the sacrifice have been? Well, you could more? say you could have taken someone like Snades, and who more played more. really well, Jimmy. and say, yeah, or you could have put Dustin out and say, well, you're not playing all that well, but you have the firepower to compete in this match. You know, Brooks. We haven't so, talked about Brooks. We've not mentioned Brooks an hour in no, this podcast. I'm, Brooks was here. I'm okay with. I'm okay with it because I think it sends the right message uh, in terms of like what you want from your team. Like say, hey, our best versus our best. Let's do it. You guys are assuming that there was a captain that had a say in this, and that Reed did not go in and pencil his name in that top spot. Like seriously, they're talking about a guy that at the start of the week said, "I'm playing all five matches." Reed comes in there and, and says, "And I'm playing I'm, with speed." Yeah, and I'm playing with speed. If he comes in and says, "I'm going first, there's no stopping that. He, I'm sorry. I mean, think about this. He hit. He was so pumped up. He hit a drive way left. He had like had a not great approach, not a great chip to like 14 feet. It's an uphill like left to right breaker. He hold that and screamed on the first hole. That yeah. was when I thought like. Oh, it's on! Like, oh my god, this this is going to be in a potentially one of the great matches of all time. If he's making putts like that to stay in the hole, like that was, and it was like the, that front nine 
is as good as any front nine I've ever seen. Yeah. Can we talk about how we were all writing in the press room afterward, and they start the replay? Like it had been so long after the round, the replay had started on the screen, and we're like coming up to each other's rows, like, "Hey, hey, hey here it comes! Here comes the shush! Here comes the finger wag!" <laughs> and I'm running around saying, "Yeah, <laughs> Porter's running around saying, I can't hear you." <laughs> All right, hour and, a half, hour and five minutes in. I'm going to run out of space on my phone here soon. We've got to wrap this up. Uh, anybody have anything that we didn't we, – we didn't talk about Brooks at all somehow. Brooks is, Three and one, awesome. debut Ryder Cup. Anything else we missed? Rafael Cabrera-Bello, undefeated on the European <laughs> side as well. RCB. Some of those young – some of those no-name European guys, no-name from so that's, that's the thing. Is, is, will Rafa be on the next Ryder Cup team? No. You know? <laughs> just disappear. Like, like, he the, just won't. He's the Spanish Jamie Donalds. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Hansen. He just goes to that that wasteland. You know, we'll make a fun Ryder Cup captain someday. Is Sergio? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Sergio will be good fucking. When totally he's like, he's gonna play on these teams. He's like fifty six, though. I'm pretty sure he's not even forty, right? Right? He's thirty nine, or is he forty? Thirty. Thirty nine. He's younger yeah. Tiger. Because yeah. yeah. was this was, was this Phil's last American Ryder Cup? No. I think he still might play one more. He can play I'm over 50. 50? I, 50. They won't, they, I don't think he'll be a he, pick. But he might play He's Beth never Page. been a pick. At 54? He might be a Beth Page. You're out of your mind. I'm just saying it. No, I think... I think uh, what what has... I mean, I know, I know there's a difference between age 46 and 54. What part of Phil's game has aged? Well... Yeah. The putting's supposed to go. It, he was top 10 on tour this year in putting. He, he was talking about it afterwards. He was saying... <laughs> Little classic Phil. He was like, "There's two areas of my game that obviously, like, I needed to get in line. Putting, first of all, which was a problem, and I feel like I fixed that. And next year, I just feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the driving in order. And if I get my driving going, it's like, <laughs> this is like just still looking for the fix on repeat yeah. every year. He's, he's. And what's funny is self-aware is like he was talking after that match with Fowler about how he's like, yeah. If you look historically at the twenty, the um, top twenty driver, the top twenty players of all time, I'm by far the worst driver, <laughs> and that showed up today. So I go, he's self-aware enough of that to like uh, say, you know. God. I think I think my favorite thing about Phil is how much he loves golf. Yeah, like yeah. I think Tiger loves competing and like the kill house mentality thing. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag kill house. But the kill house. I think Phil just like freaking loves golf. Yeah. You know? Like I think he just loves like I think he loves being Phil. Playing matches and just playing like he'd go play Solly if there was enough money on the line tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Like I don't think he cares. Phil if you're listening. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's wrap it there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this ramble session. I probably still need to do more Ryder Cup recap because I don't think we touched on everything no, that just we, happened over the last. We didn't even days, talk so. about Fowler. Brooks, Brooks was amazing. I, he should be on every international team going forward. Like, See, I feel like somebody should have made that point sometime yeah. in the past. But uh, Spieth, LP, CP. Oh, wow. you waited till the last minute. You waited till the last minute. Wait until the last minute. Ending it on that one. Um, thank that's, you guys for tuning hey, in. That's for Tron. That's for Tron. That's for Tron. week. That tick was despicable for us. I can't believe you would call out Jordan Spieth like that and say he lacks pop. <laughs> what about the crowd? What did you think of the crowd, I Mr. Player? The crowd was horrendously spirited <laughs> and absolutely tragically into it. So hopefully next time they will have a Ryder Cup. In the United States, I personally never played in a Ryder Cup, but if I did, I would want Fatty Patrick Reed 
to lose a few pounds and play with me would be a great partner if he took on my gluten-free diet. <laughs> cutting it, cutting, cutting it off. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect.